Welcome to the About Life with Joe podcast. I'm Joe, and your life is about to get better. Please subscribe and enjoy. In this episode, Caitlin and I talk about confidence, relationships, and likability. Enjoy. So I don't know if you know, let me just give you like a five-second level set, but I am four, I think four or five years older than the rest of the girls. Christina and I became really close through the academy. Um, she's like my little sister, but also my older sister because um there's probably some immaturities in her that she was able to lean on me and then vice versa. Um, and one being like as much as confidence as I may exude from myself or appear to have, um, I am extremely, extremely hard on myself. And I love Christina for that. I always surround myself with people that are naturally confident because I think that it wears off on me. Um, like all my best friends, I swear sometimes I wonder if they ever have one fleeting thought about their self-esteem, but anyway, um, I was what, yeah, thankfully I realized that. Um, but yeah, like Christina. So when we first got in the Academy, she was basically right out of college and I had already been in the corporate world, you know, doing my thing was, I mean, I was like, kind of like the best. I had it so good that I felt like, okay, I, I realized I need to move on because I'm not comfortable, which isn't a good, or I'm too comfortable, which is not a good sign. In your previous, but, um, in your previous job. Yeah. Okay. At a different company. Right. Okay. Yeah. But, um, lo and behold, moving into this role made me recognize something about myself that I already somewhat knew, I guess I just didn't ever address it, which is that, uh, at the beginning I got extremely in my head. Like I remember going to her and talking to her. I think I was in tears actually after our first evaluation. And, um, anyway, long story short, there was a faculty member that talked to me and asked me, she's like, so what do you think about being here? You know? Um, and I said, well, I think the stars have aligned, you know, I'm so lucky. And she goes, Caitlin, that's why you're so quiet in class. And that's why it's not because I don't think you're not paying attention. It's because I think that you don't think that you deserve to be here. And, um, anyway, so she, that like changed my whole outlook on things. And I, and she told me positive affirmations and, you know, write three things down that you're proud of yourself every day. But I think like just in general in life, I would be curious to get your perspective on relationships, like in work and friends and intimate relationships, whatever it may be. Like I, for whatever reason, have a, um, over and it comes and goes. Like sometimes I can feel on top of the world to the point where nothing, you know, is going to bother me. Um, but it's funny because I'm an extremely opinionated person and also really outgoing and like definitely myself. It's not really in the moment per se, but it's more so after the fact, like I will sit and sincerely think to myself, I hope everyone likes me. And it's sometimes debilitating, like how much I care. It's debilitating because it's not, it's an impossibility. Right. Right. And I just don't, I would just be curious to know if you've ever felt like that and how you would recommend kind of combat that because I mean, even at work, I had one of my really close, thankfully I I had a guy that really took me under his wing last year. Um, and he told me, he goes, Caitlin, you need to work on giving less of a fuck. 
And I go, okay, okay. I, I, you know, I promise I will. And I jokingly sent him the book, you know, the subtle art of not giving an F. Right. Yeah. And, um, told him I was working on it, but anyway, it's just interesting because like I said, I think like in the moment, a lot of the times I'm just kind of my crazy outgoing self and, you know, everybody in my mind, everybody loves me. So I guess I'm fine, but it's just funny how I guess hard I could, I can be on myself and I'm sure other people feel the same way in general in life. Um, just to be, cause I have so many friends, like, I mean, I've never had problems with people liking me. It's not that it's just, um, a very weird and like integral pressure in basically all facets of my life that I have to deal with. And I'm very curious to know what you would say. Well, do. I think that that is the perfectly teed up topic because <laughs> I've written a book on this entire, this is exactly what my entire book is about. Okay. okay. Exactly this. It's, um, it's about self-love and how to align with yourself and love and treat yourself well before anybody else mm-hmm. treats you in any sort of way. And that's a big part that I had skipped until I was about 47 years old. I was on, it's, I don't, I don't think for one minute that it's an accident that we met because I can relate not only to everything that you're saying, everything mm-hmm. that you're feeling, everything that you're experiencing, um, my own personal experience at, in my twenties and at your age, was almost identical. I was very successful in my corporate career. I would get opportunities. I would, was very outspoken and, um, kind of the life of the party. And then I would spend days, um, psychoanalyzing things that had already happened. What I said, how, what people really felt about me. And I think that people saw me as a very confident person. But yet right. I was, I wasn't, and I, yeah. I wasn't, and, um, I would always second guess myself, even though I was very good at giving, uh, advice to other people. I was very mm-hmm. hard at, on myself. I was so hard on myself, but I was also hard. And this is in, an interesting kind of question. I was also hard on my mom. I was also mm-hmm. hard on my sister. I was also hard. I had I had big expectations of these other people in my life as well. Mm-hmm. Are you that way? Yeah. So um, my sister and I are 10 years apart. So we kind of went from having a mother-daughter relationship to now being best friends. Um, but she, you know, I mentioned that she's going through a divorce and going through some things right now. And, um, I definitely, I mean, like there is a certain level of, she appreciates my candor and my advice genuinely and leans on me a lot for that. But there, there, we actually had recently gotten a little bit of an argument and we never argue. And she told me, she said, your expectations for yourself are very high and you hold everyone else to those expectations as well. And it's not realistic. 
Right. And 100% in that moment, I did realize that I, I definitely do that with my family. I don't think I do it so much with my friends. Um, but 100, I mean, yes, I do. <laughs> so, so that's a great place to start to make some change. Yeah. Okay. So this is how I was able to kind of shift how I feel about myself, really, not what I show people I feel about myself, but how I genuinely feel about myself. Okay. Mm -hmm. There are just the fundamental basics of just doing your best at all times. And I'm sure that within the parameters of life, you do do your best all the time. Mm -hmm. Okay. And that's enough. That's just enough. And it has yeah. to be enough for you. Okay. And you really have to get a handle on what's realistic and what's not realistic. And I will tell you here, and you will hear it for the first time today from me and for the rest of our relationship. It is an impossibility for everyone to like you. It's not possible. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Because if that was the case, then every single person would be the same. Okay. Mm -hmm. And everybody, and it's it just not, it's not like that. There's d diversity of thought. There's diversity of feeling. There's all of these different layers as human beings. And we don't all like the same things. And that doesn't mm -hmm. make the things that we don't like bad or good. It just makes them not for us. And right. I'm sure if you look at it, like every single, um, person that you meet do you like every single person that you meet no i just i just had to dump a guy that i feel so bad because he's a sweet guy but no i i mean that's the whole point is not intimately and not even in a friendship way i mean there's a lot of people that just aren't your cup of tea and that's okay and yeah. it's not like you have to be mean to people or people are going to be mean to you but right but there's not everybody is an exact fit Mm -hmm. Okay, so it's really instead of changing, change the words from likability to being a fit. Okay, mm -hmm. and your time is so limited. Everyone's time in general on the earth is limited, but your time after everything you give to your job, after everything you give to your career, what you're, you're very, you know, close with your family, there's only a certain amount of hours that you have left. So you choose to mm -hmm. spend them, I would imagine with people that you enjoy being with. Yeah. Okay. So because you do that, Caitlin, other people also do the same thing. And you right. have to be okay with that because that's just the reality of we're set up that everybody's supposed to like us. Okay. Mm -hmm. And it's just, I don't know who, who like decided one day that that was yeah. going to happen. Okay, that is just, first of all, it's the most unrealistic and you're setting yourself up for failure. That's right. like, that's like saying, okay, I'm going to give myself an impossible goal and I'm going to struggle every day to achieve something that I know I will never achieve. You're just in a constant state of disappointment. Yeah. And it's, it takes your energy. It takes your time. It takes your thought. Okay. And the way that you have to think about this is really focusing on not giving much time and energy 
to the people that don't align with you. Wish them mm -hmm. well and move on. And, right. and if you were to take everybody's feedback about what you should be like, then you wouldn't be yourself. Right. Okay. You, you know inside what makes you tick. And mm -hmm. listening to your inner voice, okay, and being kind to yourself is step one. And it is okay to have super high standards. I have them for myself. I always set the bar really, really, really high. I've mm -hmm. set it high for myself. I've set it high for my kids. But as I've gotten older and after having been diagnosed and healing through cancer and I had to take a pause, okay, mm -hmm. and I had to accept things that I didn't really want to accept, I realized that it was so unimportant if people really liked me. Mm -hmm. But the most important thing was that I liked myself. Right. Okay. Because at the end of the day, and this is not to sound like so does we all we have are is ourself first, and then the people that we choose to have in our life. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then there's the people that we have to interact with that we that we choose to bring on. You cannot bring on the right fit people for you if you haven't fit well with yourself first. And I wish somebody had told me that when I was 25 years old. Mm -hmm. I wish they had said, Joe, don't rush to get married. Don't rush to build a family. So what your friends are married. I was a bridesmaid 13 times. Okay. That's what I'm, that's, that's I'm headed in that direction. <laughs> that's where you're at. And when you compare, everybody's timing is different. And I really, all I ever wanted was to be a wife and have a family. Okay. Although yeah. my career success was there and that has continued, that was really always what was so deep and dear to me. And it's interesting. I, I would really put up with a lot of shit from a lot of people because I didn't want, I wanted people to like me and I wanted things to appear on the outside. Like they were perfect. Mm -hmm. And I was lying to myself and to everybody else around me. So if you do the work now, okay, if you really do the work now, and yes, it's great to have exercises about writing three things down that you like about yourself and all that. And I do, you know, the gratitude and all of that. And you know, we've talked about that in our other mm -hmm. conversations in the past. However, you have to start even before that. Mm -hmm. Okay. And there's an exercise that I do that, that I write about in my book that I learned from, I can't even remember where I learned it, but I remember when I, when I heard it, I heard it first in a podcast and I was like, well, that just sounds so wild and I can't believe that that would work. Uh -huh. Um, but then when I got diagnosed with cancer, I was like, I'm going to try, I, I have to, I have to, I have to try to start loving myself or else the, the doctors won't be able to heal me. Okay. Long-term at least. Right. So it's this practice of looking at yourself in the mirror when you're, I do this when I'm in the bathroom, like after, like I've gone to the bathroom and I have to wash my hands. There's a, mm -hmm. there's a mirror there and I will look deep into my eyes and I will be like, I love you, Joe. I mm -hmm. love you. And I'm sure that I sound like a complete nut job, <laughs> but 
as I started to do that, I started to see myself in a different way. Mm -hmm. It takes some time and it takes some practice, but it's really you looking at yourself and starting to see yourself in a better light. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's step one. Very easy for you to do because you're already washing your hands mm -hmm. anyway. It takes 30 seconds and just like get into the habit. You got to fake it till you make it a little bit there. Okay. Yeah. And we're so self-critical because we're comparing everything that's going on on social media to other people's lives that are happening. And you don't know what's real and what's not real. The mm -hmm. only thing you know, Caitlin, for sure, is what's real with you. So right. focus on that. Mm -hmm. And when things, when you fall short of a goal or you say the wrong thing or you are disappointed in yourself because you didn't react the way that you thought you should, mm -hmm. that's already happened. Okay. So going back there and doing anything more than a quick analysis and moving on will, will keep you not only stuck there, but will take you further down the vortex of mm -hmm. self-deprecation. Right. So I'm sure you're the type of friend that people call when they need some advice or they need somebody clear headed or somebody that they respect. Right. And you will, if they tell you that they made a mistake, what would you say? How would you counsel a friend if they called you and were like, I really fucked up today. I, um, you know, I just lost it and I, you know, wasn't very nice to, um, one of my coworkers and I just, mm -hmm. you know, I was really rude. I feel really bad about myself. I, 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 I really messed up. What would you say to, to that person? Yeah, I would probably just, you know, tell them we all, we all have our bad days and to apologize. And that I think your coworker will appreciate a little humility and you just being sincere and, and move on. <laughs> now, I wish I could take a page out of my own book sometimes. Well, every time. Because do you know what, do you know what's my, my, I have one superpower, one, and my superpower is forgiveness. Yeah. I'm, I'm very forgiving. I'm very, very forgiving. And so I know that I know how to do it because I can forgive the unforgivable. Mm -hmm. Okay. But I already, I knew that I was a very forgiving person. So I, during my cancer diagnosis and healing, I was like, well, if I already know how to do this, I just have to learn how to apply it to myself. Mm -hmm. So you have to think about yourself, maybe in the beginning as an entire other entity. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. Okay. As an entire other entity and don't respond to yourself the way you have responded, respond mm -hmm. to yourself as if it's a friend coming, and, and saying to you these same things. Okay. I love that. Okay. Genuinely, I love that because it's, it's just crazy. Like even a group of us were just in Mexico and, um, Christina was there actually. And anyway, one of my good guy friends that knows me way too well at this point, um, came and sat by me when we were on the bus and he just said, I just think you're really hard on yourself sometimes. Like, 
what are you thinking about right now? And in my mind, I don't know what I was beating myself up over, but something that was ridiculous. It, it's not like I'm actually even doing anything that's worth the pressure or the, you know, you know, like there, there's no one else has even noticed necessarily. Um, but I love that too, because I am a very forgiving person in general. And I think that if I use that, at, you know, basically and treat myself kind of as a separate person that I may actually be able to accomplish this. And that's never been told to me before. Well, there you go. Yeah. It's, it's, it's time to change. Yeah. And if you can change this now, I guarantee you that it really, you just have to make an unchangeable decision for which it is impossible Mm -hmm. to go back. You're just going to say from today on, what is it? June, June 10th, right? Yeah. From today on, (laughs) I am going to, every time I start to self-deprecate or I start to beat myself up, I'm going to step outside of myself and look at myself with different eyes as if I'm a different person. Okay. Yeah. And that splintering of yourself. Okay. You know, almost visualize it and close your eyes if you need to. Close your eyes and pretend you're talking to me and I've called you and I need help or, you know, our mutual friend, Christina, that needs help or any anybody that needs help. And maybe you start to say the words, Caitlin, I need your help right now. Right. Okay. And you 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 practice this act of kindness to yourself. Mm -hmm. Okay. Here's the good news. The good news is you have zero narcissistic tendencies. <laughs> you are a forgiving empath, empathetic person. Okay. Mm-hmm. You're just hyper-focused. Mm-hmm. And all that is, is egoic behavior. Okay. <laughs> so once you remove the ego, like, and that's a, that's a very hard thing to do, right? Because we're in this ego-driven world. Okay. Where things are measured, and I, I want to know who comes up with these measurement things as well, because we all, yeah. you know, kind of abide by them. But it's so bizarre to me. But if you really, I started to really reflect and be kind to myself at forty-seven years old when I had been diagnosed with a life or death situation. Mm-hmm. It is insane to wait for something like that to happen. Yeah. Okay. It's like. This is the messaging. This is the reason that we're even talking. It's like you can start to build a new relationship with yourself today. Okay. And you can rewrite the rest of your story. Mm -hmm. I've told, you know, the monk story a couple of times. I think I've told it to you guys as to the group that we work with all together. Um, and I, and I talked about it as well multiple times with Christina and I can't remember, um, I heard it, I think from Deepak Chopra, but it was about these, and I'm so paraphrasing and redoing this, this story, but it's just such a powerful story that it, it resonates with everybody. And there's these two monks that are walking in the, in the fields and they come across a muddy uh, path. And there's a woman, beautiful woman, trying to cross the muddy path and she can't. So one of the monks picks up the woman, carries her across the path, 
puts her down and continues on with his monk friend back to the temple or the monastery, wherever they were going. When they get there, monk, monk B says to monk A, I cannot believe you broke your vow and you touched a woman. Mm-hmm. And monk A turns around and says to him, you're still holding on to that woman. I put her down miles ago. <laughs> okay. What you hold on to will, will, will burden you. Okay. Yeah. And holding on to it, aside from taking the lesson from it. Okay. Will literally kill you eventually. Yeah. Okay. It'll, it'll either kill your joy or it'll kill your health or it'll kill your time, but it's going to kill something. Right. Okay. So you have to realize that you are the one holding all the power here. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's not anybody else. So anytime you do that, you give away your power yeah. and you have to be okay with making mistakes because the world is full of people, including myself and everybody I know who makes mistakes. Mm-hmm. I don't know where this idea of perfection and complete 1 million percent likability came from. Yeah. I mean, look at the people that you admire in the public eye. Okay. Is there somebody that you look up to in the public eye? <laughs> at this moment in time? No, I'm just joking. Um, <laughs> I mean, uh, I don't know. Actually. Is there an author you love? Is there a TV a personality you like? Is there anybody business-wise that you admire? Oh, gosh, I'm... I, I should probably, I'm, um, not necessarily. Yeah. I don't really, I mean, like there's qualities of people that I like, but maybe that comes back to the perfectionism is that there is not anyone in particular that I can think of that. I'm just like, I mean, you, Oh oh my God, you're so sweet. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh, that is so sweet. Thank you. That is, um, well, there you go. I'm not everybody's flavor. Believe me. So, and, and, and I'm okay with that. And that is, first of all, that is so kind and thoughtful, but and it also, I just think like, it's hard for me too in the public eye that I feel like those people are just so almost so unreal to me that I've, I have blocked them all out because I, I think that I mean, I'm not a social media person and I'm not because I do think that I, that makes my condition worse. Okay. First um, of all, you don't have a condition. You're just human. Okay. No, for and, sure. And but Caitlin, let me tell you the way you're feeling right now, 99.9% of all women feel this way. They just yeah. don't express it. So congratulations. Right. And you should really by by you sharing this today i'm telling you i feel the way that you feel i was listening to an interview from diane von furstenberg okay uh-huh. diane von furstenberg is somebody that i admire in business i i love what she's built i love that the woman has had such an interesting life that she's yeah. kind of done it all and held her grace and i had this moment a few years ago in greece where i saw her coming off of a yacht to have lunch at the beach club that I was, Mm -hmm. I was at. And I, 
the beach club that I happened to be at was full that day with beautiful supermodels from the mm -hmm. likes of Gigi Hadid to Alessandro Ambrosio, like the, the most beautiful women in the world. Mm -hmm. When Diane von Furstenberg came off of that boat, I think that I had never seen anyone so beautiful in my life. Mm -hmm. I was captivated by her energy, mm -hmm. by the way she walked, by the way she carried herself, by the people, by her smile, by the people that were surrounding her. And I thought to myself, this woman probably never has a bad day or bad thought about herself. And I remember right. thinking it vividly and being like, wow, I really want to get to that place. I really want to get to that place. Well, fast forward a few months ago, I'm watching an Instagram live. She's being interviewed by Katie Couric about the release of her um, new book. And all they start talking about is exactly you and I right now talking about how insecure they feel, how they beat themselves up about this, that, and the other, how yeah. they feel like losers. And I'm like, oh shit, if they feel like losers, like what, what's left for the rest of us? But right. that is just the human condition. Mm -hmm. And we are taught we're always supposed to feel happy. We're always supposed to feel, and that's just not possible. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I think like, I think that too, because my personality is kind of to always be the life of the party and be fun and be happy that just another added layer of pressure that the, the reason that I like the way that you recommended to start trying to deal with this is because for one, it's self-reliant. And for two, it is really hard to be vulnerable, especially when you have this persona. And really that is the person that I am. It's not really a persona. Because in the moment, I do feel free and feel on top of the world. But then, unfortunately, I have a very hard time of sitting back and ruminating on every little thing in my life in detail that no one even noticed. Um, and I just like the, I like the treating yourself as a friend and forgiving yourself because I am a forgiving person. But, um, and also, like I said, it's not easy to be vulnerable and we're not taught to say these things out loud. You just, you know, go on about your life. And I don't know. It's funny that you mentioned that they're, that they were saying that they feel that way about themselves because it's just not, and I'm not saying that we should all throw ourselves a pity party because that's not what I want to do either. But, um, you get my point. I totally get your point. And, and I, I'm here to tell you that everything that you're feeling is completely normal. And, and you just, everyone has the same feelings, right? There's only like a certain amount of feelings and we all experience yeah. them. Okay. At different times. I always believe how long you stay anywhere will determine really the quality of your life. And this goes back to every aspect of everything I talk about. So for example, how long you stay in a mistake mm -hmm. in, in your head, how long you've made a mistake, how long you start evaluating it, how long you stay stuck in that mistake how long you stay in a relationship that you really shouldn't be in, okay? How long you stay at a party when you should have gone home two hours ago? Like the how long, knowing when to leave, a situation, a thought, a person is an art, mm -hmm. okay? And everything ends. That's the other thing nobody ever reminds us. 
when we're feeling high or we're feeling really good about something, we think it's forever. So when we go back into some normal kind of low, not normal, but a lower state of endorphins or something, then we have this like disappointment of what, well, why wasn't I as happy as I was two months ago when X, Y, Z happened. And then it's like, well, maybe I'm not doing as well, or maybe, you know, um, I'm, maybe my life isn't going as well as I thought. And then, the, and then the story starts, right? This imaginary narrative that we make up to explain the way we feel. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you just got to feel the way you feel, acknowledge it, accept it, and mm -hmm. then really move to something you're grateful for within that same feeling. So right. in a romantic relationship, let's say, right? First of all, we need to do a little bit of work here first, long-term mm -hmm. and connect about, right, start writing down how many times you were able, like just like, not like sentences, but like start marking in a book, in a notebook, like during the day, um, when your self-talk starts and then you're able to be like, nice to yourself, give yourself a point. Okay. okay. And keep tally of how many kind things you can do for yourself every day. Mm -hmm. And those kind things could be a thought. They could be a, I forgive you, Caitlin. Like that's, that's okay. You're going to move mm -hmm. on. Um, when you just do something kind for yourself, start a kindness tracker, just like in your daytime or whatever, just like little, mm -hmm. little notches, right? And think over, over, overall the course of a week, okay, how many kind things you can do for yourself? Because I guarantee you, you do a million kind things for other people. Yes, I do. You do. So yeah. you're capable. You're a kind yeah. person. I see your interaction with me uh, mm -hmm. offline. It's so kind. It's so thoughtful. It's so, you know, it's, of course, I want to be friends. Or of course, you know, because <laughs> You're so nice. And that's going to draw the right type of people to you. And you, this is the other thing is you don't need, and I've realized this and I have tremendous deep relationships and all of that, but I realized when I was going through my health crisis and now the, the end of my marriage, that my circle, although socially was very big, my real circle is very, very small. Mm-hmm but it's strong and it is loyal and it is like you know it's about the quality versus the quantity right okay and so if you have people in your life your sister and a couple of more people that are really like those people that you can call no matter what and those people will always love and like you you have, you have enough to get you through a lifetime. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, that's what you need. Right. Okay. And, and there's always, let me tell you when life is up, like it is now, and there's parties and there's events, there's a million people around mm -hmm. and it's fun and you go. And I was that person. I was always the person I could go into any room, regardless of what the makeup was. And I was going to have a good time. And I was going to make everybody in that room laugh. Practical my mantra. <laughs> right. 
And what happens when you stop going to the parties? I have now since 2019, um, because of the breast cancer and then going into the pandemic and now the divorce, I have chosen to not participate in those types of experiences for a little while, mm -hmm. consciously. Does that mean I'm not valued, I'm not loved? Absolutely not. That means that I taught myself that everything that I need right now, I have to give myself. Mm -hmm. And I'm not looking for it from external places. And that's why I can honestly tell you that these things really work if you make a commitment to make yourself a priority. Mm -hmm. And to really let shit go. Because there's nothing you can do. If there's nothing you can do to go back, and change something that you really don't like, there's no point in, in thinking about it. Right. No like, sure. picture if you were, um, let's say, doing a life or death job, like you were a surgeon, or like a brain surgeon or something, okay? Mm -hmm. And you made, you made the, the wrong call, mm -hmm. right? And somebody's surgery didn't go as well as, um it could have and you went back and you learned by what you did and you were able to adjust okay does that mean you're not going to go into the next surgery of course you're going into the next surgery you right. have to learn from that mistake and that's a life or death mistake I, i'm just trying to give you like the severity of, right. of of what people really have to deal with okay when they have somebody else's life in their hands and those people make mistakes Thank God, not that often. And those right. people learn and they move on. And that's what makes them the people that save other people's lives. Right. right. So you got to take that kind of that, that, that winner mentality. Okay. Mm -hmm. And you got to, when you make a mistake or when you do something to disappoint yourself and I'm doing air quotes, right. Mm -hmm. To disappoint yourself, to be able to see the lesson in your perceived failure okay right. because the, your life will always give you the same lessons over and over until you learn them mm -hmm. so if you see the patterns it's because you're trying to learn something and right. um i don't know about you but i think we're all here to learn right and i think in your age group in general like that whole batch and my kids and younger mm -hmm. there was this unrealistic expectation that everybody wins and everybody does a great job all the time and everybody and i'm like no of course right. not we're, we're humans we're here having a human experience we're here to learn we're here to grow and as long as you can do your best and be kind i think those two boxes you check those two boxes and you've done enough yeah Totally. For sure. I mean, I just, even like getting comfortable with just doing your best is really going to be the, a matter of forgiving yourself for things that are ridiculous and then learning lessons from the things that you truly do need to learn the lessons from. Um, and then also I just lost my train of thought, but what I was going to say is that, um, I like the fact that you've given those examples because for example, when people used to when people say the general, and I'm doing air quotes, but the general idea of making yourself a priority or putting yourself first, 
in my mind, that means, okay, more expectations. How much weight do I need to lose? What job do I need to get? What school, you know? So I think that I know it sounds so simple, but just bringing it back to no, actually loving yourself and forgiving yourself and learning from the lessons that are actually meant to be learned from, um, will be a huge change in my life and a step in the right direction. Yes. And you can do it. You're ready. You're ready because you've teed yourself up. Okay. And because things are so simple in, in concept, those are typically the hardest things to do because we overthink them. Mm -hmm. And if you take, um, well, do you like to cook? I love to cook. Okay. So I love to cook as you know, as well. Mm -hmm. And so when you are cooking something and you follow a recipe and you make like a beautiful, rich, like let's say bolognese sauce, or you make like a gorgeous, um, stew or ragu or something that takes time and ingredients and love that, you know, is a forgiving type of recipe, right? Because Mm -hmm. it's, it's easier because there's more things to think about. There's a process, you know, there's, there's a little bit of, um, room for, there's a lot of room for error, let's Mm -hmm. say, right. But when you're doing something really, really simple, and I always say, this is the sign of a great chef. Can you fry the perfect egg? Can you poach the perfect egg? Yeah. It is a very, very simple thing to do, but because there's not many steps to it and it's really about having the trust and confidence Mm -hmm. and, and allowing it to be as simple as it is, that's what makes the perfect egg. And I believe that loving yourself is almost like frying the perfect egg. It doesn't take a lot of ingredients. It doesn't take a lot of effort, but it takes awareness and some um, patience and Mm -hmm. really watching it. So like I see myself often as in that phase, like I know that this is really simple. I had this conversation with my mother the other day. My mom was Mm -hmm. like, Joe, I'm really worried about you. You know, you've got a lot on your plate. You've got, you know, you're raising these two girls by yourself. They're in like very, very challenging academic years. You're, you're doing, you know, you're launching this new business venture and like this, you, you know, whole experience and really putting a lot on your plate. And I said, you don't need to worry because I'm doing the four basics. Mm -hmm. And she's like, what? Okay. Like what? And I'm like, okay, well I'm eating well, I'm sleeping well, I'm being kind to myself Mm -hmm. and I'm not doing anything that I don't want to do. Yeah. Okay. And she's like, oh, all right. And I said, it may not appear to be that way on the outside, but my people pleasing days are over. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I'm really like now, and, and you now having started a new career and giving a new position within your career, in your company, having this opportunity, maybe you scale back and you do those four things. Mm-hmm. You eat well, you sleep well, you're kind to yourself and you don't do anything you don't want to do. Mm-hmm. Okay? And you can add on from there. But when we are in transitional times in our life, you know, we can't be the same as we always were. As you've had this new job, as you've had these new responsibilities, 
maybe you don't have anything left over to give to everybody else and you you know you have to really give to yourself mm -hmm. and that starts with the kindness i think the kindness to yourself and the self-talk okay you wouldn't say half the shit you say to yourself to any other person out loud i guarantee that <laughs> no i definitely wouldn't <laughs> so why would you say it to yourself there's only one you yeah i don't know I'm telling you, if you choose no to reason, there's, there's no justifying it, to be honest. If you choose to have children, you're going to look at your children and you're going to speak most of the time, not always, mm -hmm. very, very nicely to them with love. And mm -hmm. I always thought to myself, if I could love myself the way I love my kids, I would be like the most loved person in the world. Right. And I'm like, oh, well, I am capable of that kind of love. Right. right. And my best friend always says, and she's like one of the wisest human beings I know. She's five children, she's an incredible human being, a nurse by trade. And she says, the most important relationship you have is the one with yourself. And this is a woman with five children, one husband, three dogs, um, parents, you know, elderly parents, siblings, in-laws, in-law family. A, bin, a bunch of responsibilities and yet watching her put herself and her self-love first that's where i really learned it from because i come from uh, an immigrant family okay mm -hmm. like my, my mother's and it was always about the grind and, and not that other families are not like this but i think it's common thread within immigrant families yeah. you gotta achieve you gotta do well you gotta do this and and i'll do anything for you and I, and here i am you know, this is the example I've had with my extremely accomplished, very, very successful and super um, loving yet very tough mother. Mm -hmm. And then watching, you know, my friend navigate her life and still be one of the most giving people I know, yet she always puts her own oxygen mask on first. Mm -hmm. I was like, I had the two extreme examples in my life. And it wasn't until I had gone through cancer that I actually learned how to do these things for myself. And mm -hmm. if I can do it at 47, okay, you can definitely do it at 29. <laughs> sure. Like, this is going to change everything for you. Mm -hmm. For sure. No, I'm honestly excited even sitting here thinking about it as cheesy as it sounds um and it's it's funny my mom so my mom isn't an immigrant but her mother was from sweden and um you know she's grew up in the great depression and came over here and was a maid and um that's just how she was raised i think and uh unfortunately i think it Fortunately, unfortunately, because obviously it made really good people. I think at the end of the day, I'm confident in the fact that I know I'm a good person, but um, it's just very simple self-care and self-love and things that people talk about them all the time, but you don't really know necessarily how to tackle it. Yeah, there's no toolkit on how to love yourself. Right. Okay. There's and I should say, I shouldn't say people talk about it all the time. I should say there's an era of self-help or you know other means of self-help that talks about it all the time but the examples that you have given me today for example i've never heard and i mean this wow. isn't my first venture <laughs> I've, I've, 
I've read uh, lots of books. I've been to a life coach here in Dallas, um, talked to a lot of people. So it's just, I'm excited because and even like to share this with my sister and anyone else that may need it. And now, now I guess it's going to be on a podcast and on YouTube, right? Uh, yes. Yes. It's going to be, yeah. both. and, and a lot of people are going to benefit from your ability to be vulnerable and honest, not only with yourself, but to really put yourself out there and say, Hey, this is how I'm talking to myself. Nobody yeah. would know that unless you brought it up. If you right. go into a pharmacy where they sell greeting cards, there are greeting cards for every other person that we love in our life except ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so, of course, we have absolutely no way to learn how to love ourselves. We learn to love ourselves by watching the other people around us and how they treat themselves and how they mm -hmm. treat us. And a lot of times, um, and especially in the generations before, there was definitely a you know, like being stoic, you know, toughen up, you'll get through it. Don't worry. And I definitely have that approach to a lot of things in my life. Mm -hmm. But now when people say to me, uh, the people that are very close to me, like my mother, uh, will say to me, okay, Joe, well, you got to get through it. And I'm like, I know, but I can also take a pause and just be weak for a moment or two. Right really just reflect and 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 be sad for the sad experience i'm going through i'm not going to have it together all the time i think when you are that person that has it together all the time caitlin people around you that see you that way get really freaked out when you don't because right. they're like oh shit, if she goes down what happens to the rest of us right <laughs> because yeah right yeah. but it's not your responsibility to keep everybody up. Mm -hmm. Okay. And it's okay to not be okay. Right. As long as you know, you are aware and you, and you do the things that you need to do to get through it. But before you can even entertain a romantic relationship, you need to be so foundationally solid in yourself. Right. Okay. And that is like, not only totally doable, but doable very quickly for you. It's mm -hmm. really about you've done the hard part. The hard part is wanting to do it, awareness and wanting to do it. Mm -hmm. And this is the how. So you start where you are implementing these little practices on a daily basis. Okay. Mm -hmm. And making yourself a priority. And when you feel comfortable, like you've had enough there, you feel like you can go to the next step, we'll have a whole other conversation about other things you can do. Because when you are like this and you're uh, not very nice to yourself, mm -hmm. you might be vulnerable to bringing somebody into your life that is not so nice to you either, but you won't be mm -hmm. able to recognize it because you have this negative self-talk. Mm -hmm. So I say, stop the negative self-talk today. Not one more word. Mm -hmm. Okay. And if you wouldn't say it to somebody else, don't say it to yourself. Mm -hmm. Okay. Live in reality. Learn to learn from, you're here to learn, right? So, right. and just keep moving in that direction. 
And you're going to notice very quickly a few weeks from now, I suspect, that you're going to feel differently. Mm -hmm. And from there, there's a couple of more things and you'll reach out to me and we'll add those things at that time. I think when we try, when people try to change everything all at once, it's always a failure. This is why, this is why, um, uh, new year's resolutions and diets never work because it's like, Oh my God, like I'm going to eat Chinese food, McDonald's and like two bags of Ruffles potato chips on December 31st, but January one, I'm a vegan and I'm like, okay, not going to happen. Sounds like me. (laughs) I never do that. I always ease into things because Mm -hmm. you have to think about it as a marathon and not a sprint. Yeah. Okay. And so this is just your starting line. Mm -hmm. And you know, as long as, and there's different parts of the race, where you're going to feel more tired, you're going to feel more energy, but you're going to get there. Okay. Yeah. And, and it's, it can be a really enjoyable journey. Like you're very likable. So you should enjoy starting to like yourself more. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think, I mean, in that way that I realize I can't change overnight, really anything I've, <laughs> I've at least accepted that probably in the last, I don't know, two years or so where I, you know, I recognize the fact that my kind of mantra is just, you know, it's all about the 1%, just try to be a tiny bit better today than I was yesterday. Um, and don't beat myself up too much if, you know, I don't increase 1%. So, um, but I think that this is great. I'm, I'm honestly really excited. And I think that not only will this transcend in my personal life with my friends and romantically, but also professionally, I was in this, um, group, I was, I was, nominated for this program called Catalyst, which is kind of, you know, what it sounds like. Uh, You're the catalyst in the organization and kind of to get people excited about what, you know, different programs are available, et cetera. And um, they put me in this emerging talent pool and you do a self-assessment and then a consultant reads through it with you and they benchmark you against top performing executives um, across the board. Like it's not necessarily just in your industry. And I was benchmarked actually very closely um, with in line with some top performing executives, which was exciting. Um, But then they also show you where you have gaps. And it's not to say like, you know, you're you're doomed, but it's more so to say, what are you how can you fill the gaps? But it's just funny because one of the one of the gaps was um, executive decision making and not second guessing yourself after you've made an executive decision. And so in that way, again, like I said, I do think that these examples um, that you've given me on how to work on it and just love myself a little bit more every day will really impact all aspects of my life. And I don't know, I'm just really excited. Well, I'm excited for you. And I was shaking at the beginning of this (laughs) video because I don't ever talk about this kind of stuff. If you can imagine, Um, probably only my inner circle, my sister included may even have an inkling that I think these things sometimes, but unless, you know, maybe a few glasses of wine in, I'm a little bit more open. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think it's very, I hope you feel relieved and cathartic. No, I do. It is actually a really big relief. Good. You know what? People feel like this. I'm telling you, Diane von Furstenberg feels this way. And I, I, I was like, wow, it blew my mind. And, you know, we're so used to instant results. 
Okay. Mm -hmm. And because we Google everything, because everything is kind of at our fingertips, even if it's the wrong answer, we still just want an answer. Yeah. And things take time. And right. time is, you know, it's meant to be the process. So allow yourself the grace to make mistakes. Mm -hmm. And sometimes the measurement of the 1% better every day just means that you got out of bed and you did your job and yeah. you were nice and that's enough. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes you're knocking it out of the park. And I say that as a high producer myself. Okay. Yeah. You have to really put it in perspective because life is ebbs and flows. It's not, you can't mm -hmm. always operate here. Because then you would never appreciate anything. Everything would be the same. It would be monotone. It would be mm -hmm. weird. Okay. So just the fact that you're aware is already made the change. Mm -hmm. You said, this is what I need help with. This is that you've identified what it is. Maybe it's because you've watched your sister go through this painful divorce. Maybe mm -hmm. you see this and you're like, wait, hold on. I wait, wait, wait. I've got to, I got to get it into a different mindset before I commit in a, in a, in a serious relationship mm -hmm. and you're running your own race, Caitlin, nobody else's race. People yeah. get married people have babies, people, this, your time is your time. And that's completely the way it was supposed to be when you're ready and you're truly ready, it will happen. Yeah. No. And I, that's actually something that I am somewhat comfortable with only because um, I mean, my parents are best friends now, but they kind of went through a little bit of a rough divorce as well. And I think that's, I don't know. My mom said I was born self-aware, but I don't know that I totally believe that. But, um, uh, I, you know, I had to grow up kind of overnight because my sister and I were 10 years apart. So she went to college and, um, it changed my life, but I learned a lot from it. And I'm so happy that they're in the place that they are now, but, do I want to be in that position ever? Probably not if I had to choose. So I know that that starts with myself um, and that it's just not even going to be possible for me to be happy really in anything or fully happy and be able to take advantage of all the experiences that life gives you if um, you don't love yourself, you know? And I think that that's something that not only I know that I can work on, but hopefully it will you will be able to teach a lesson to some of these other ladies out there listening. I a hundred million percent. And yeah. I have every confidence and I believe this with every cell of my body that you are well on your way and you have such a bright future and so much love to give. And you exude this warmth and um, inner and outer beauty. And, you know, you just got to give a little bit of that to yourself, start planting those seeds and, it is all going to just completely shift and your life will be better than you ever imagined. Well, I'm, I'm so excited and I cannot thank you enough. You're so welcome. Also being vulnerable yourself and you're just a magnetic person. There's Aww. something that's like, I don't know why, but I just want to be attracted to you. <laughs> I mean, I guess I do know why there's a lot of, there's a lot of reasons why, but, um, I just, I'm just so so happy and thankful that Christina included me on this experience and this journey. And obviously it will continue. This is not the end, but, um, this is the beginning. Really yeah. This it's only the beginning. beginning. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to make a lot of change. Um, yeah. I'm going to send you this session 
Okay. So you have it for yourself. So it's your, you, you have it, you can do whatever you want with it. And, um, I think we got a really good podcast here. Good. I'm excited. You are in a really great, I probably am able to get four or five segments out of this for YouTube. And, um, you, just so you know, symbolically, you were my last filming and you yeah. rounded out the group and we closed out the season. So we have all of season one and season two all shot, which is amazing. Oh, awesome. Yeah, that's um, exciting. It's so exciting. And um, I just keep getting the chills over here. <laughs> I, I'm so I'm so excited. Thank you. And I'm so grateful. Uh, I do feel like this is my life's mission. I didn't yeah. realize it, you know, but um, if I can help your sister and her friends. Yeah, I definitely will. I, I only I don't care what the ages are. People are people. Yeah. And um, I love working with you guys because your stuff to me is like, it's like an escape. No, I get it. I think like, I mean, you said earlier, honestly, I do think that we're very similar and different and, you know, in some ways. And it's funny because I'm the first, I love mentoring people, especially if they're younger and I've kind of already been through that. Um, and I think like, that's part of, I mean, I had, Christina is just like an anomaly because somehow she just is cool as a cucumber all the time. But, um, so I have a lot to learn from her, but also just in general, like I, I love helping people and giving back. And I think that that's really cool that you're able to do that. And I think it really will change people's lives, you know, and it's awesome. Thank you so much. God bless you. Yeah. That's the sweetest. And, and it, even if I'm talking to people that are going through a divorce and they're 40, I'm almost a decade older than them. So yeah. I have a very different perspective as well. So mm -hmm. does your sister have children? Yeah, my nephew. How old? I'm upset. And by the way, he calls us moms. <laughs> I and I asked him, I said, Liam, are you, are you calling us moms? And he said, well, yeah, you guys are practically twins. I love that. How old is he? He's five. Okay. So I can help these women because they have little kids. Yeah. I've been where they are and I have, listen, I, even though I was married, I raised my kids completely by myself. I can help yeah. them a lot. So get yeah. together. I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask her and see what she has to say. Um, I hope that she is in a, she's, I, I mean, like full transparency has, I mean, now been separated for maybe two years, maybe three, and they're still not divorced. And she actually told me recently that she's not going to move forward with the divorce, like not because she's staying married, but just because she doesn't actually want to deal with, like she's recognizing that she needs to deal with some stuff herself personally before making that big of a decision which is fine. But my point is like, I think she kind of ebbs and flows a lot on, um, being open to change and getting herself help. So like, I want to ask her about it because I do think that it would be helpful. And she, I mean, a lot of her friends are actually all of them. I cannot believe that they're all getting a divorced, but I mean, it's fine. It is what it is, but so hard. Modeling. Yeah. But they, they were also, they're 10 years older, but all of them got married very young outside of my sister. Um, and I mean, yeah, I just think in general, 
it's funny because that, especially too, after you have kids, I think that that's a whole nother chapter of like learning to love yourself because I think, you know, there's obviously still all these external pressures. And I mean, my sister is doing a lot better, but just the other weekend, she was actually down here in Dallas. And I told her, I was like, you seem like you're doing really well. Like I'm really excited for you. Um, and she told me, she was like, this is the first time in my life where I feel like I can like eat whatever I want and do whatever I want and be like, it's going to be okay tomorrow. I'll be healthy and I'll work out. And I don't have to like constantly be perfect, perfect. you know? And I think obviously I go through that as well. But, um, after you're a mom, you know, your body changes, your mind changes. Like there's so many things that change. But I can't even imagine because I haven't gone through it yet. But I was in better you know. shape after I had kids than before. Yeah. Yeah. So. I think it's really just it's that's all mindset. Right. It's yeah. it's a hundred percent up here. Okay? Yeah. And it's yeah, you do the work and whatever. It's all mindset. It's complicated after you have kids, but it all goes back to self-worth and self-love. Yeah. And the ebbs and flows and kind of and being like a little divorced is I think a little harder than either being divorced or not divorced. So yeah. it depends on where everybody's at and everybody has their own timeline, but talk to her. I think I can really be a value. Um, yeah, no, I, I really think so too. And, um, I'm yeah, not like a life coach, her. as you know, I'm just not a life coach. No, no, no. I know. And there is her really good friend, Jessica, who I love. And these, these women are basically like my older sisters, you know? Cause, yeah. Cause I was around 24 seven, even though I was 10 years younger, my sister brought me everywhere. Like I went to the football games. I went to the fifth quarter parties. I saw people making out when I was eight. Where I mean, were you? Where are you from? Kansas city. Love that. You're like yeah. a solid American girl. I am just, you know, you're Kansas city Midwesterner. I think Midwesterners <laughs> are the nicest. And I say that as an East coast, like, my, my daughter had some friends here from Miami down, down, you know, down South, like up here. Mm -hmm. And they're like, why is everybody like that up here? I'm like, oh, they're just elitist educational snobs. That's, that's all it is up here. <laughs> it's like this like little Mecca. And I'm like, I know tons of douchebags that went to Ivy league schools. Like just be a nice person, you know, like it's so funny. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it is. All honestly, that's kind of the reason why Dallas has been a little bit of a transition only because people are kind of like fake polite here. Yeah. What I call it. We're not polite at all here. Just so yeah, you know. I'd rather you be blunt, honestly. I, We're I not polite like at all. Fake. Yeah. Like <laughs> at mean? all. I mean, I, I consider myself polite, but like if people are like, we're like, what? Like people yeah. are very, very direct here and yeah. very, very direct. And that's it. And there's no fake nice. We'll just tell yeah. you how it is. And perhaps that that's part of why my personality works because I cut yeah. through all of the bullshit and I'm like, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, that's just never going to happen because nothing is ever perfect and right. it's just never going to happen. So anyway, can you believe yeah, that I'm excited. we've been on for like an hour and 10 minutes? It flies I know. Out, right? I know. Um, I do want to say something, not that I am dwelling by the way. Tell me. Um, but at the very beginning, I think I mentioned something about my terrible boss last year. And that has I would to never put that in. Okay. I, I, um, because I mean, him and I are fine. I don't wish him any ill will. Never. Just between I, you, his first wife actually passed away of brain cancer. It's a really oh sad God. story. He has not 
processed anything himself. I don't think. How could he? How could yeah. he? Yeah. And um, basically got remarried and like had two more kids with the new woman. And I think like. It's a lot of trauma. He's a very, yeah. He's a very, imma- he's very immature and has other things going on. And I just think like, I tried to level with him and, and be, you know, introspective and self-aware and understanding. And it was just like in the year of COVID, I just couldn't do it because I was just like, this pressure on me is, is insane. And you don't even recognize the fact that I'm like, basically about to have a mental breakdown it's it's just not a good fit right so like that's like what we talk about and 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 just so you know with these videos because we didn't have a pre-call it's interesting i i because i was like we'll just talk in the beginning Mm -hmm. so any sort of my entire goal here is to make all of you look in the best possible light as well so i can't remember who it was maybe it was claudia it was claudia and it was like talking about a job and i was like we're not going to even we're going to edit all yeah. of that out because mm-hmm. I also was an employer of 18 people. And if I right. heard my employees say something like that, I'd be like, what the fuck? I'd be yeah. like, yeah. So no, my, I will. And I mean, genuinely, I feel for him. Like, I don't wish him any ill will. I just knew that him and I did, I needed to move along. It was, and you know, knowing when to go is a big deal. And yeah. people don't put enough emphasis on that. I always say to my girls, knowing when to leave a situation is your biggest, like you need to focus on that. Right. Like that means that could mean anything like knowing when to, I had a conversation today with a property manager of my house in Newport. He gave me an estimate to do something. I got the bill. It was like a thousand dollars more. I call him. I'm like, Patrick, can you please explain this to me? Because it's a little fucked up. Okay. And I probably shouldn't approach it that way. And he like started going at me and I said, and I, I, I've known him for like 10 years and you know, whatever. And mm-hmm. I said, you can't talk to me like that. Right. And I'm going to end this conversation and I'll send you an email to follow it up because we're going to both say things that we regret. Right. And I think my old self would have stayed on and really tried to prove my point and mm-hmm. really tried to make sure that I know I'm right. And in life, sometimes you have to decide, do you want to be right or do you want to be happy? And mm-hmm. I knew I had a big day today of a lot of stuff and this great filming. And I don't want him to take my energy. Am yeah. I going to call him tomorrow and be like, okay, and I'm, I'm interviewing two more people to be a property manager next week? Yeah. But my mm-hmm. old self would have gone back and forth and back and forth. Yeah. And that's not right. And I'm like, okay, well, this is an expensive lesson for mm-hmm. me, but I think it's time to end this relationship. He doesn't yeah. know that yet, but. Do you see what I'm saying? I think yeah. that, that just comes, that's real confidence. When, For sure. when when you don't need the other person to validate that you're right or wrong because you know in your in yourself. Yeah. Okay. And it's funny because when I was younger, like people probably still think this about me because I was so much like this. But I think after college, at some point, I became a little bit more mature or confident or something. And uh, I stopped being so argumentative and willing or wanting to prove my point, <laughs> but I still do it when I feel like I do need to prove my point. I'm not going to lie. Um, cause there's some things that I'm just like, I'm not backing down off of, but, uh, I back down off of everything. And I feel like I'm completely winning for the first time. Isn't that weird? No, I have, I have learned, I would say even in the last two years to basically do that. Like there's few times where I get caught up in the moment emotionally, I think. 
and you know maybe i don't i should let it go earlier but outside of that it's funny how i've changed in that way as well because i used to be the person also that was like no i'm right you're wrong (laughs) now i'm like okay it doesn't matter it really doesn't if i know what 